Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Wednesday edition is here. Plenty to discuss. We'll lead off with the news that Tom Brady made today. One year to the day from his first retirement announcement. The GOAT is retiring for the second time. Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We've got a jam-packed show. Mike Haas, the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, will be with us coming up in hour number two, followed by Mike Pereira, the rules analyst for Fox Sports, will be with us. We'll talk NFL discussion there for sure. And uh, after uh, hour two, Trey Wallace and Clay Travis will be with us from OutKick. Looking forward to the entire show. Bobby Carpenter joins us in 20 minutes with college football and NFL discussion with all the headlines. Chad, glad uh, you are powering through. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you filling in for me yesterday and stepping up and uh, covering the last hour. Um, Thought I could make it through the entire show. Felt a little sickness coming on. Decided to spare everyone that. Get out of here. There you go. And you performed admirably. Um, But I'm back today. I'm powering through, playing a little bit hurt. But we're going to make the best of this. And Hutton, I'm shocked with the news on Tom Brady. Me too. Quite frankly. Um, with everything that happened with his divorce and everything this year, I'm thinking there is no way that he is going to come back and play one year and not go for another Lombardi trophy with someone else after this year. Um, I buy it. I believe that he's retired. I believe everything he says in the video. I also can't help but think I wish this would have been done in April, let's say, you give yourself a little bit more time to get through everything in the offseason. This kind of is what took place a year ago, right around the same time. And then a month later, things start gearing back up and you get the itch again. So you can never say never with these things as we learned a year ago. I, I buy it for now, but I also feel like a couple of months to sit back and make this decision I would have bought it even more. NFL players and coaches, they say, don't retire in a month that begins with a J. January is too close following the season. June, July, way too close to training camp. And back-to-back times, we've seen Brady now uh, step away from the game on February 1st. Here is the post that he made, and I'm with you, Chad. Uh, We can let our listeners and audience decide for themselves. If you haven't heard it, here's Brady announcing his retirement from the game. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. I think you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. 
There's Brady uh, earlier today on February 1st, a year to the day from announcing his first retirement. And he said he woke up this morning and wanted to do it this way, meaning this has been on his mind to do it again, just like it was last year at this time. Yeah, and it's... Um... Look, I mean, just looking back on his career, it's it's the greatest career in the history of the of the game, and and one of the greatest careers in the history of any sport. And Peter Schrager put out earlier uh, that just now he says per source is close to Brady. The video posted this morning was filmed prior to this morning. He kept this one awfully quiet, and he wanted to post it on February first again. That's all pre-planned and scheduled. Keep in mind, uh, Giselle, by the way, uh, commented on his post, wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life with the uh, prayer hands emoji on that in her response. Um, no doubt the off-the-field relationship and uh, stress played a major factor on him and the, the toll that it took on the field. Uh, with We've chronicled it. He wasn't always crisp and sharp, but we, we've mentioned the pass attempts and pass completions this season were more than any quarterback in the league uh, by nearly 30 in each category ahead of Justin Herbert. And despite the injuries, despite him not playing his best and all of the things he was dealing with off the field, Chad, he has he has a lot left. That was why I'm so surprised because the sentiment was, well, he's coming back to the game after a 40-day hiatus, and he's going to go until the game retires him. And this is now back-to-back years where he has stepped away from football. Football is going to continue to embrace Tom Brady. He's got the contract with Fox Sports, NFL on Fox, um, where he'll begin that as early as next season in the booth with Burkhart. But this is a surprising announcement based on, I'm with you, based on what other teams could offer, which is what could be an eighth Super Bowl ring. David in our YouTube chat says, big difference from last year's announcement to now was he had a year left on his deal in Tampa Bay. Now he's a free agent. I can understand him not wanting to go through that process again. Uh, Finding another team, ingratiating himself in that locker room, leading that locker room, you know, putting his system with the system of the new coach, doing all those things that it takes to lead another team to the Super Bowl. I can understand all of that. I just figured when he made this decision after announcing his retirement that led to everything in his personal life this past year, it wasn't going to be for one year, and it certainly was not going to end with a blowout loss to the Dallas Cowboys at home to end Tom Brady's career. So, again, that's why I'm still shocked. I love this if he's saying, I'm going to go be with my kids now, and I'm going to take that competitive spirit and everything I've done on the football field and carry that over into my new life as a broadcaster – and with my family, I think all that is terrific. But I also look at Tom Brady, and this is going to be a very difficult transition. It's a difficult transition for anyone. But when you've put the amount of years Tom Brady has, it, when Tom Brady was drafted, I was thinking about this today, I was a senior in high school. I mean, just think about life watching the NFL without Tom Brady. For so many people there, whatever your age is, think back to when Tom Brady was drafted in 2000, in the spring of 2000 by the New England Patriots. It's going to be weird for us to adjust to life without Tom Brady in the NFL. Think of what it's going to be like for Tom Brady to adjust to this life not being a competitor at the highest level of his sport in the NFL. This is going to be an, an odd transition for him. Curious to see him as a broadcaster. I have no idea what to expect. 
He's good in an interview setting. I have no idea how he's going to be calling games. I have no idea how he's going to be diagnosing things that's happening, explaining it, being critical at times if he needs to be. No idea how that's going to go. That's going to now going to be the next big speculation. Tom Brady, the broadcaster for Fox Sports. But my first reaction when I saw this news today, Hutton, was complete shock. He is, or was, now it seems weird to say was, was more likely to take his team to a championship game than most quarterbacks are to complete uh, a certain amount of passes in a game. 70% for his career. And his career, you can, he's got a Hall of Fame career in two different versions of his career, from 2001 to 2011, and then from 2012 to going through 2021, now you add in 2022, Uh, The numbers are virtually the same if you split everything down the middle. And he has the most touchdowns, the most yards, the most wins, the most MVPs, and uh, more Super Bowls than any quarterback in history. And he has more Super Bowls than any single NFL franchise. That's another thing to put in perspective. Tom, this is the not just the end of uh, what was the quarterback era where the quarterback officially took over with the rules changes and where we saw the passing game really come into fold. Chad, this is an era in and of itself, the Brady brand. We'll talk with Clay about the the overall brand. Uh, and he was on Fox News earlier this morning discussing Jordan's brand. Yeah. And we'll compare where Brady's taking his to where Jordan has, where he's making $10,000 per minute over the last five years. I was watching uh, this morning um, – First take with Stephen A. Smith, and they had Mike and the Mad Dog reunited on it. Yeah. And uh, I I was laughing because Mike Francesa said, Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Joe Montana is. And he points to Joe Montana was always good in his Super Bowls. And Tom Brady wasn't always great in every Super Bowl he was in. And then he said, and Peyton Manning's the best regular season quarterback of all time with his consistency. Um, It was an interesting opinion for sure, but – it doesn't matter because the dude played 23 years and played at such a high level for that long. So you can try to nitpick and say, well, this guy was more consistent in the biggest game. Uh, I feel like this guy's regular season reputation for always putting up big numbers and being great may have been better. You can pick out this and that and say, well, you know, without that team, whatever. Yeah. The dude's. He had the greatest. This is the way I describe Tom Brady. He had the greatest career in NFL history. There, there is no close second place. Can Patrick Mahomes get there? Maybe. He's the one right now that has a chance. Could, but he's got to play twenty plus years to do that, which is highly unlikely. Well, for Patrick Mahomes. So, I, I just we can sit and debate and discuss about well, this guy was better at this, or this guy had a better track record. It doesn't matter when you really look at the totality of what Tom Brady accomplished over 23 years in the NFL. What does his retirement mean for the quarterback market? It's a a similar conversation to what we were discussing last year, but this year with him and the the salary cap structure being what it is in Tampa, everyone, instead of having him pinned to return to Tampa, had him going elsewhere. The odds prior to this morning were... Headed, he was headed to San Francisco, according to the Vegas odds, at plus 125. That was followed by the Las Vegas Raiders, which we have chronicled over the last month or so. Tampa Bay, a return there, followed by the Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans, and New York Jets. Um, all of these teams, 
have quarterback needs in some way. Um, either they're sticking with their guy for another year, but they would lean towards the veteran for a final rendezvous to see what he could do with that roster and who he would be bringing with him. Or in the case of San Francisco, you may not have either guy that you had planned on having at this time last week. Trey Lance uh, coming back off injury. Now Brock Purdy, who is a six to nine month time frame, depending on if he has surgery or not for Tommy John uh, surgery on his elbow. We know what's going on in Vegas. This affects the draft, but more importantly, the craziness that's about to ensue with the quarterback movement yet again uh, via trade and via free agency. Yeah, you're taking a huge uh, piece off the board of all of this offseason movement now because when we were looking at where the, the musical chairs game of open quarterback jobs and big names out there, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers are the two biggest ones playing that game of musical yeah. chairs. And now that Tom Brady's out, that eliminates one big landing spot for someone. So I think it makes life a lot better for Aaron Rodgers uh, <laughs> of the options that I could mean, be out there. But now it's going to be where Green Bay decides to deal him also because he, I mean, they can work with him on it, but he does not have a no trade clause where he can say, I'm not going here or there. It's ultimately up to the Packers. And the price tag, too, on what they're going to need in return for him. It's a, Either way, if he's back, they're going to have to restructure him again. He counts like $60 million against their cap. One thing that came to mind when this happened, too, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers retires now because he will play second fiddle five years from now in the Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> and that's not going to happen. He wants to get his top billing. As they, a first ballot Hall of Famer. They would have like two separate nights. It's like two separate nights of WrestleMania. Yeah, you might two as well events. wait at least a year where you're going to be the top dog of the big yeah. Hall of Fame induction five years from now because it will be Brady 1, Rodgers 2 if he announces his retirement now, five years from now. They'll, they're both first ballot Hall of Famers, but Brady 1, Rodgers 2. How about uh, the conflicting reports with what took place in the Denver Broncos head coaching search? I've compared it, Chad, to a college football coaching search with how ownership treated this, where they're flying to Ann Arbor, then they're going and doubling back to D'Amico Ryans. They come back around to Sean Payton. They've got to get one of these guys, and they were turned away at least twice, depending on who you're listening to. Ian Rappaport tweets out, the Broncos spent today, this was yesterday, trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again before he, rec he recommitted to the Texans, sources say. When he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved and finalized Sean Payton. And literally, if you look at the timestamps, here's Schefter with the exact opposite. Timing of today's two hires, completely coincidental. Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week, this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton and Houston on Ryans. One of those is coming from the agent. Schefter is alluding to that based on the contact with Ryan's or his agent. And Rappaport is saying, hey, they doubled back around. And Houston gave basically D'Amico Ryan's the Kyle Shanahan deal, the six-year contract. Well, my initial thought was Adam Schefter once covered the Broncos exclusively. Mm -hmm. So all of his contacts are coming from the Broncos organization. Ian Rappaport is getting info from Ryan's and his camp. And that's where you get the two completely different stories about how things went down. So one report gets out there. They look bad. So let's get with our guy, Adam Schefter, to get out our side of the story. 
that's where you have the different the the, the yeah. different accounts of what happened. Um, for the Broncos' purposes, boy, I sure do like Adam Schefter's retelling of it a lot better than what Ian Rappaport is saying. It looks sloppy. They ended up getting a good coach and not at a terrible price, based on what they what was rumored they were going to have to pay mm-hmm. in a trade to get Sean Payton. But the whole conclusion of the thing looks terribly sloppy on the Broncos' end, based on the trip to see Harbaugh, the Ian Rappaport report about Ryan's on the final day. If all of that's true, that's a crazy way to get to a good coach. But I guess all's well that ends well because they end up with Sean Payton. They end up with Sean Payton. They've given up and they've traded away now, plus some other picks. Three first-round picks, three second-round picks in exchange for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Uh, And keep in mind, Schefter is tied in as well with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in all of this. He had great connections with uh, the two franchises. And you have a, a... ownership that's going through this process for the first time, right? Yeah. And that's that's also part of uh, the, the circular and cyclical nature of what this search became. Coming up, Bobby Carpenter joins us. We'll get his thoughts on the Brady announcement from earlier this morning that he's retiring after 23 seasons in the National Football League. We'll go through college football headlines as well, plus uh, NFL discussion from the coaching searches and more. That's all straight ahead with Bobby Carpenter on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Primary complaint. Coming up in about 25 minutes, Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton Withrow with you, joined by Bobby Carpenter, Sirius XM College football analyst, Channel 84, and joins us weekly at this time. Bobby, we led the show off with Tom Brady 2.0 in, in regards to the retirement announcement. Uh, we both agree here that he's for real. This is a signal towards uh, the next chapter post-career what did you make of, number one, the timing of it being a year to the day that he announced the first retirement and the fact that he did the video post instead of a lengthy uh, a piece where it's a written statement like it was a year ago? Well, I kind of think that speaks to the type of guy Tom was, and he referenced some of those different things um, in his retirement. It's brief. It was done by him. There wasn't any graphics. There wasn't any editing. Heck. There's more elaborate commitment videos now for co- high, high school yeah. players to college football yeah. than there are for the guy who's the winningest quarterback of all time for his decision to ultimately step away. So I look at that and I'm like, okay, you know, the guy he addressed, um, you know, the fact that he retired last year, he already had that lengthy retirement. He was already given, you know, the ability to do that. But I think part of it was we kept, looking around and saying, hey, this guy's going to go to San Francisco. It's a done deal. You look at the quarterback situation there. You look how he fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I think he probably didn't want to see that speculation going. Let's remember, he has kids now too. And you know, this is a situation where obviously him and his wife had split. And he's probably told them some different things about how it's going to be when he retires. 
And I don't know if you told them exactly when, but they probably are beginning to ask questions because they're hearing everybody spit conjecture about where he's going to be and if he's going to keep playing in San Francisco and everything that's going to end up happening. And you know what? Probably thought, hey, I'm going to nip this thing in the bud. I'm going to let everybody know. I'm going to do it in a very informal, personal way, sitting out on the beach, probably somewhere in the Bay Area, relaxing a little bit. And you could see after that Monday or after that uh, wild card loss, I mean, he looked emotionally spent. He looked like a guy that was physically tired. He looked like a guy who's played football in the NFL for over half of his life. I mean, that is a draining thing. And the biggest thing is, I, I think you also saw a guy who was probably a little feel, fearful of his lack of routine, not only his daily routine during the season, his weekly routine during the season, but his annual routine to get ready to return to play. And that's what I think he's going to be grappling with. He's fatigued, he's exhausted, but he still always has that pattern, man. He's like a stinking animal in some sort of migratory pattern where, you know, it starts to, starts to happen, that starts to happen. All of a sudden, like, okay, I'm, I'm training for this, I'm rehabbed, I'm getting ready to go to OTAs, whatever it might be. And let's not also under, understand, like, and forget the fact he is a human being, and it's been probably a pretty emotionally trying year for him for the last year, year and a half, you know, where he was, you know, married for over a decade, and that thing spiraled and unwound. And I think that that probably weighed on him a lot too. And then before I hop on, I see where he was you know, volunteering at a Tampa Bay animal shelter, you know, on his off day for probably an hour. I think just to probably have some sort of peace and solitude uh, in the midst of what was a very chaotic and turbulent season. So looks like a guy who was tired. Looks like a guy who needs a break. And I'm excited to see what he can do in his post-playing career, and whether that's, you know, apparently with Fox in the booth or if he goes into some other, you know, venture. I mean, Tom is a very, very charismatic guy. He's charming. And above all else, and I hate to say this because he's a Michigan guy, but having played with him this is my final year. Like he's just a really good dude. And uh, you know, hopefully he'll be treated as such, you know, as we remember him, you know, in years to come. Bobby giving a shout out to the Ryan Animal Rescue Foundation. Nice. There. Yeah. Which I saw a lot of uh, connections with Tom Brady to to that uh, yep. after the announcement today. You mentioned him as a, an analyst now with Fox also, Bobby. That's going to be part of that routine you mentioned with, with Brady that once football season comes around, he's locked into a contract uh, to, to do some work with Fox. How do you think Tom Brady will be as a color analyst on NFL games? I think he's going to be pretty good. It depends, like, what all they have him do. Will he be part of just, you know, the, the ace one-on-one? Who will be his partner? I think that chemistry is he'll probably be able to tell you it means a lot, the guy you're working with. And that's why Romo is able to kind of hop into it, you know, and hit the ground running because Nance and him were close. They had a prior relationship, so that worked. And I think Tony wasn't afraid to say some things. I don't think Tom will necessarily be afraid. He's, he's very articulate. He's very deliberate in his speech pattern. He'll be, he'll be different. He's got to be himself. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of advice. I don't know if it'll be the best. I don't know if it'll be the worst. I know we're going to be in a situation where people are going to be criticizing everything because of the contract he got. But I know this, you know, Fox is adding more and more properties as far as college and NFL, you know, as far as corporate sponsors and different things. And from what I've been told, you know, a lot of this is going to ultimately circle around the fact that he's Tom Brady and he's going to be at some events. There's a lot of people that are going to want to meet him for the next four to five years. He's going to carry a huge cachet. And so that's going to be probably part of it. But I, I honestly think he'll he'll do a good job. And what I'd really like to see him do 
is some one-on-one interviews. And, you know, you see some of that on the ESPN pregame. If you're able to have him sit down, I know Rinaldi does some of that. But Tom is a very likable guy. And I'm telling you, there's not a guy that's more respected in the NFL based upon what he's done, the length that he's done it for, and really how he treats people. And that stuff gets around the league, man. And, and as much as a lot of fans love to hate him that are Patriot haters, and believe me, I'm sure in Nashville it's easy to easy – to, if you meet Tom Brady and get a moment to talk to him, it's really impossible not to like the guy. Yeah, but so in the short time, just to follow up, i got a couple here. Uh, in the short time you spent with him in New England – what, what was the big takeaway when you met him? How, number one, that I'd never been around a quarterback that had been yelled at the way that Bill would yell at and criticize Tom. And I'm like, this is the best dude ever. Like, what, what are we doing? How can we criticize him? And, you know, he would sit there and take it. And so that opened up, obviously, everyone else to get their lashings because no one was allowed to be sensitive if you're at, yelling at him or Wes Walker, whoever it might be. Um, but then I talk about just like his leadership and, you know, his teammate, he's a grinder. He was always the first and last out guy. And that's obviously, you know, and, but he could take jokes. He was, he tried to be one of the guys. Uh, you know, I remember two really important stories. Uh, we had our NFL PA guys come in and it was like the insurance guys. And they're talking about, Hey, these are all the benefits of our insurance and different things. And you know, they have a program where, you know, your, your spouse or your, your child's mother, can qualify for like cash back for prenatal vitamins. And it's like four or five, $600. And you know, my wife would always apply for it. as part of it there. You're able to get this. It's an insurance benefit. And guys would be talking, especially some of the young guys and, and older dudes who've done all this and they, they knew all everything old hat. And Tom's like, listen, he started asking questions. And like, come on, Tom, like, dude, you're worth a quarter of a billion dollars. You don't need to be asking questions about insurance premiums and what your split is and your deductible and all these things. And he's like, listen, this is important to some guys. You know, this is important to people that might not be able to ask the question. So I'm asking questions that I had for my first couple of years in the league. And I do it. And he did, they say he did it every year. And I was like, man, like, it's a pretty good dude. Because there are probably rookies in there who, you know what, are free agent dudes or, or low got drafted fairly lower. And you know what? They hadn't made a ton of money. And this stuff was important to them for them to understand it and know it. And their wife or girlfriend, whoever it might be, is going to want answers. And they wouldn't have it when they got home. And so, like, that's. That's leadership right there. And then the other thing was he knew everybody on the team's name. Like even during the 90-man the offseason, uh, you know, training camp and OTAs, and he made a point of going up and introducing himself to everybody who was on the team to where I thought I was, he was joking. I'm sitting there beside Gerard Mayo, and they signed me like a week after free agency, maybe two weeks. You know, I'm coming in there to be uh, your know, third down backer and do some of that. If I never talked to Tom Brady, our team is going to be fine. And he comes up to me and puts his hand out. Hey, Bobby, it's Tom. Tom Brady, nice to meet you. you know, Mike Vrabel told me a lot about you. Really excited. I've seen some film. I know what you can do here and there. Like you're really pumped to have you part of the team. This part of the team. And I look over at Gerard and I'm like, is this dude even? Is this serious? I'm like, you, you don't need the first last name introduce yourself to me. Everybody knows. Like, Come on, man. I'm like, I'm trying. Just want to make sure everybody knows. You know, I know guys don't want to talk. I'm like, this is unreal. Like and Gerard goes, that's just who he is. It's just who he is. And if anybody needs a ball signed or whatever, he just wanted to be approachable. And when you have a guy who is the star of stars, who's your leader like that, it really sets the tempo for what's going to be acceptable in the locker room. You were drafted in 2006, right? Yeah. Uh, and then 2012, your final season, that was the season with the Patriots? Yes, sir. How long ago does that feel to you? And then today with Brady's announcement, 
and the span of his career. Can you put into a description what all that means? So I like to tell people this. I remember watching Tom Brady play at Michigan when I was in high school. He was gone before I got there, and I've been done playing for 10 years, and he is finally retired. <laughs> like It doesn't even make logical sense of how he was able to do it for so long. I'm fairly certain. I'd have to go look back, but I think there were still some guys in the league that Tom played against who probably played against or played with my dad. And then he played not only with me, but 10 years after I got done playing, like his longevity is stuff of legend. And it's really a testament to him. Genetics are part of it. Getting lucky is part of it, but also man, taking care of yourself and researching to the ends of the earth, how to continue to maintain your body. So turning the page to a little college football and getting ready for the NFL draft, Stetson Bennett gets arrested in Dallas instead of going to the Senior Bowl when he had an opportunity to do that. How much did he hurt himself in doing this? And when you look at everything with Stetson Bennett now, I don't think he's hired an agent yet. Um, I'm honestly, Bobby, starting to uh, wonder about whether or not he wants to play in the NFL. Uh, he hasn't really talked a lot about it. So wh- where do you think he is right now? And when you see that story, well, what do you think? Well, honestly, from what he's done the last couple of years and where he came from, I mean, playing in the NFL would probably be a step down. He, he's not going to go in there and be a star and you know, be a starter. And you look at what he was at Georgia. I mean, if Georgia had currency, he'd be on it right now with yeah. what he's done and what he's given, what he's given yeah. to that state. So like, there's nowhere he's going to go where he's going to be that beloved. So if he gets drafted, you know, as a, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth round pick to Sam Fran or Kansas City or Minnesota, like, yeah, it's all well and good with how what he, his exploits in college, but it, he's not going to be able to replicate, you know, that cachet and success that he had. You know, I would think that he wants to play. I don't necessarily say it wasn't a great idea for him to play in the senior bowl because he's got a lot of great film. And the more you let people watch you and put you in adverse situations that might be negative. Like he doesn't have the immense physical gifts to throw his way out of them. So, you know, he might be exposed a little. However, I'm, I'm glad to see he's having a good time. I think that's really important. But I always joke, you know, uh, Jimmy Sexton was my agent. And I told my wife like one night, like a day or two before the draft, I wanted to do on Friday night back when the draft was Saturday, Sunday, and call him at like 2.30 in the morning, panicked and tell him I got, you know, DUI. Basically a Laramie Tunsil situation, um, just without the illicit drugs. And she would never let me do it because it may have given Jimmy a heart attack then. Um, so, sure. <laughs> you know, not in the best shape, as you guys well know. So, I mean, he's having a good time. Like, this isn't good. I mean, when you're the leader of the team, nobody wants to see your quarterback who's built like this unbelievable legacy and like almost a myth. And then you see this happen. It might take a little away from it. Well, it's it, not just that, though, but Bobby, we had Jim Nagy on earlier this week, who's the director of the Senior Bowl, and, and he told us a big part of what teams wanted to see, because he talks to all the teams, with Stetson Bennett is, can you come in and be a backup first? Yeah, you might have a chance to eventually win the job and be the starter if the starter goes down, but you know this. What does being a backup entail? Great teammate, out of the spotlight, you're helping the starting quarterback, you're putting your ego aside. That's what teams had questions about with Stetson Bennett. And instead, he elected to not go to the Senior Bowl and then gets himself in trouble out of town during the Senior Bowl. If he wanted to have an NFL future, I think he jeopardized that future big time 
in terms of where he may go in the draft, if at all. I, I would agree with that. And, and people sometimes don't understand what you just said. And like, that's the, the main issue that I think that Baker Mayfield is going to have, like of trying to play, like, can you play if you're not the guy? Can you be the number one fan of the starting quarterback? Can you be someone that's great in the locker room that everybody likes, but and everybody's confident can come in and play, but nobody's sitting there lobbying for you to be the starter, having some sort of schism with the team. And when they get you at the Senior Bowl or Mobile, that's a good opportunity to sit there and see what you can do skill-wise. But also, like you said, see how you interact with guys, see if you are that leader, see if you're someone you know, who can take a back seat and be complimentary of other people you know, and work your way through it. I mean, he did that when he was at Georgia and ultimately worked his way to the top. But are you comfortable sitting behind somebody and being ready to go in? Cause that's probably his career path. I'm not saying that it's not that he can't be the guy. Cause I've watched, you know, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and guys who, you know, kind of fought against the, some of the odds with height and different things, be able to get it done. But to your point, with that's a, it's a great point by Savage. Cause that's something that obviously teams are going to want to see because the backup quarterback is a very unique role. It can be an awesome, career that you can do like Colt McCoy for 15 years, but you have to have the right temperament. Bobby, um, the, the quarterback movement in the NFL, the, the free agency is going to be crazy. Um, I'm curious, based on some of the options, if you are a, a team that could go either way through the draft or through free agency or via trade, are you taking the Broncos path? Are you taking uh, what someone may do with Aaron Rodgers? Or are you going the rookie path with the crop that's coming out in April? Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers carries a heavy price tag. Now, I still think that there's a lot of good football left in him. And you saw some of it at the end of the year once they started getting on the same page with their receivers. Uh, but he's going to be expensive and you have to trade for him. I mean, honestly, I think if you have a team that's fairly ready-made, you know, if you're the New York Jets and you want a guy to come in who can handle you know, a lot of public criticism, you finally could give him a defense – and he'd have those offensive weapons. Like I'm a Derek Carr believer. Like I've watched him play, and I've watched him play at a high level without a lot of help at times. I know he's a, a dude that people love to be around, that you know, guys are willing to follow. And I think he kind of hits that sweet spot where you're not giving up the massive ransom and the salary cap that you would for Aaron Rodgers, which, believe me, in the right situation, I think that that works perfect because Aaron might need a fresh start, and I think he's got probably three to five good years, maybe more, left if that's what he wants to be able to do uh with the rookie if you have a ready-made team i think it, we've seen like yeah there's guys that can have success you know but you could also you know trevor lawrence took a year zach wilson may take forever you know justin fields is moving the right direction but like you have to have some continuity at the at the coaching positions around him and so Derek carr's seen it he's been through a bunch of coaches and i think that he would probably be kind of that sweet spot of a veteran guy who you can get a couple more years, maybe more out of, but isn't going to cost you a massive ransom. Bobby Carpenter has been our guest. You can follow him on social at bcarp3, and you can check him out, SiriusXM Channel 84, with the latest college football news notes and analysis. Always great to have you on, man. We appreciate you as always. We'll catch up soon. Button with her. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thanks, Bobby. You. Appreciate you. Bobby Carpenter. Uh, love having him on weekly. Yeah. Love to complain as well. We've got primary complaint just around the corner, Chad. Love uh, Bobby talking about his interaction with Tom Brady also. That's cool. Which is yeah. really cool. And um, I, I'm seriously starting to second guess whether or not Stetson Bennett even is trying to play in the it's NFL. It's a great point. Um, Maybe he doesn't care. That, I, I was just stunned. We've always joked that he's going to do whatever he wants in the state of Georgia. 
from now until he dies. So if it's not that important to him, he's going to make a lot of money doing something else. Mm-hmm. Just being a Georgia QB legend that won back-to-back national titles, I'm seriously starting to consider that maybe he doesn't care. Well, your point about not apparently not having an agent, I mean, that's that that tracks based on the decision not to go to Mobile this week and meet with teams yeah. at minimum, right? Like that, an agent would absolutely get him in front of, of those team meetings and those and, coaches and GMs. And maybe I missed it, but there's not a lot of Kirby Smart or his coaches out there campaigning for him in the media about what he's going to be in the NFL and what he could do for an NFL team. You normally see a lot of that on and social media only, and different things. The if, only thing I've if heard that was the next goal. from Kirby was post-game after the championship game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When he was asked specifically about Stetson's future. That's it uh, from what I've noticed. Um, I did see a, a meme that's going around where he was in a public in talks and they were asking him what he had. What he, he goes, only, I've only had two natties. Uh, which is the That's the nice. Georgia flip yes. on things yeah. from some Georgia fans that were sending it to me. Some, uh, too many people probably look at that and think, man, he's a lightweight, if that's the case. <laughs> Not yeah, understanding so. the double meaning of natty. Yeah. Uh, coming up, primary complaint and just around the corner, we will speak with Mike Haas, who is the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints. We'll look at it from the Saints' perspective with the trade of Sean Payton and getting that first-round pick, what they're positioning themselves for, for life now, year number two, without their head coach for the last 15 years prior to this past season. We'll air our top grievances next and I'll get 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, Mike Pereira will join us. That's in about... 30 minutes, we'll discuss uh, the NFL officials from the conference championship weekend, also year two of the USFL and more. Looking forward, always enjoy when Mike is on. And speaking of Mike's, Mike Haas, play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, with us in 12 minutes. But before then, it's time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a primary complaint on Outkick 360. My primary complaint this week for the NFL conspiracy theorists. First, it was most recently Damar Hamblin and the uh, body double theory. Not true. In fact, he was on The Masked Singer recently, apparently, I see. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good for him. Um, most recently, though, from the past week, and the NFL is rigged crowd. Yes, the NFL is so rigged that in week 18, with a chance to put the Green Bay Packers into the playoffs, the NFL chose the Seattle Seahawks. Just think about it. Use your common sense. It's my primary complaint. So my primary complaint this week is trying to fight two viruses at once. I'm convinced that's exactly what my body is doing right now, and especially yesterday when I had to leave an hour before the show ended. Uh, Both of my daughters, and look, I get it. Having kids, you're going to get sick. 
They're going to bring stuff home from school. I understand what I signed up for. Two daughters, both had a stomach virus. I've also been battling a cold separate of them. So when stuff started to happen yesterday, I started thinking there's two things going on at once here. A cold, some sort of upper respiratory infection, and a stomach bug. So when I go to Google to find out how often it happens that you just have two viruses at once, uh, all I can find is information on COVID-19. That's it. That's all that Google will tell you about. There's apparently no other viruses, no other bugs that affect you anymore other than COVID-19. So my primary complaint is really all centered towards one thing. One, the fact that I had two viruses at once, but really it's the fact that those two viruses could not be researched online because the internet has shifted into an information gathering system on COVID-19 that's funded by Big Pharma. And that's all I can find out about. I have no idea. Could be dying with this virus I have right now. Wouldn't know because it's not COVID-19. And that is my primary complaint. Well, Chad, at least you're able to look up your virus in the show I'm about to talk about. Uh, the world's pretty much ended, so they, they don't have that opportunity. But my primary complaint revolves around the show called The Last of Us. And in episode three, they start this out, and there is a picture for those listening mm-hmm. that you are... I, I get frustrated talking about this because I, my <laughs> intelligence is being insulted, but it reads 10 miles west of Boston. And if you're looking at this, and I'm not a geologist or cartographer or whatever you want to call it, but I know 10 miles west of Boston is going to look slightly different than a small canyon in a coniferous forest <laughs> located in the Rocky Mountains. So with that being the case, I'm a little frustrated that this is how they decided to set up an episode and, and make it seem as though, yeah, this could be reasonable. I'm not going to see anything off by thinking, yes, this is exactly 10 miles west of Boston. So that is my primary complaint. Davey, I love this uh, complaint. It, it does look like British Columbia. That does bug is me where too. The, they're, they're shooting out 10 miles outside of Boston. I think that people, creatives who make television shows and movies, are some of the worst people in the world at understanding geography. And they insult our, our intelligence time and again with their lack of understanding of geography. This, this uh, happens all the time. And this, I was talking with uh, Ryan Albanese. He says this was filmed in Alberta, Canada. So just a couple thousand Beautiful. miles off. Um, yeah, great shot. It just kind of reminded me, though, if you remember those like viral tweets where it would be like a picturesque uh, film of like the Swiss Alps, and then the caption would just read Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Chad, it's the worst. You, you but also, up- the, another thing about this show, I'm watching the show also. Yes. A lot of people are on HBO. But um, 10 miles west of Boston, the entire episode takes place in this quaint little home that looks like it would be in some picturesque little New England hamlet. Yeah, it's the studio for this old house. Yeah, it's like downtown Foxborough yeah. when we were there, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's that, but it's also... Um, so, it pans out at one point, and you see downtown Boston... And just none of it makes sense. <laughs> like the trek, so they want us to believe that the trek from downtown Boston on the show that they're walking in, they went through Alberta, which we saw in that photo that Davey showed us, and then into this picturesque little New England town that feels like it's 50 miles outside of Boston in New Hampshire or Vermont or somewhere. And then they pan out, and it's like, you know, you're in Southie is basically where it's, it's, it's showing you where you are from downtown Boston. None of it makes any sense. Chad, the last time that uh, anyone possibly had, I think, two viruses at once was college. <laughs> that, that's why you couldn't find it. So the two virus at once thing, I, I had the weirdest sensation in that I feel like I didn't get the full, the full brunt of either virus. 
but both mixed together and made me feel miserable. I had a, I had chills. I was. I had fever. Hutton, by the time I got to my car, you know, it's like 28 degrees in Nashville right now. I'm by the time I walked too. to my car, I was shivering uncontrollably like when I was a patient zero of COVID-19. And, and I said this and yesterday. Andy a few years ago. When you left yesterday, I said, not only was he patient zero, he's now patient 10 million. Yeah. And COVID-19 is officially... Uh, it's full circle. Disper- you know, it's dis- we, it is disbanded now because it's all gone through Chad twice. I think coronavirus is, is over now. Now that it's, <laughs> it's made its way full circle from twenty early 2020 to now 2023 where I had the two viruses at once. But it was weird. Like I felt, I felt nausea from the stomach bug and I felt like I had a bad chest cold and it mixed with a fever. And then it was like sweating, fever, then ch- followed by chills. But I didn't really get the worst of either virus. It was just both mixed together. I'm, I'm convinced that my body's and fighting two viruses at once. When the two viruses fighting each other healed you. Killed Maybe. each other off. Maybe. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> if I'm 100% tomorrow, then I think that my body uh, successfully fought off both. And then the next school virus, legit, will run its course through Withrow as well. These school In viruses. In about two weeks. Fingers crossed. Uh... Have not thrown up. <laughs> so that's the worst part of it. Have not done that. Mike Haas, play-by-play voice of the Saints, discusses Sean Payton and more next on Outkick 360.